this afternoon. This afternoon we are going to uh, do guided meditation on uh, compassion. Actually, as I'm going to talk about compassion, I have compassion for frogs. <laughs> They've been crying the whole night, the whole day. <laughs> so, if you don't have the object of compassion, that's a good start. Frogs. I think at night you hear them more because it's a bit quiet than during the time. But this is the first time to hear them during the time. Anyway, you have an object right there. So compassion. The Pali word for compassion is karuna. Karuna, long A not a short one so I don't know near dong uh, there's meta karuna mudita I think also economy uh, upeka but karuna uh, all those words actually it's a long a at the end uh, they mean very in a very special special way because like for instance karuna come from uh, uh, kar the verb kal, which means to do. So the definition, like we have in a scripture, I think is in a wood psychology, says that a, a heart that quivers when faced with the suffering of others seems to be not sufficient because it's not about the heart quivering, but also it's, uh, it, there has to be action to be taken. Uh, so it's not just, oh, the heart is quivering because there's suffering in the world but we have to respond. Remember, I didn't use the word react. <laughs> we have to respond. Yes, re react is more on autopilot, but responding is with understanding and wisdom, with mindfulness, then we can alleviate suffering from the world. One even ask, is really sitting here in meditation and saying uh, maybe thoughts or compassion, may, being, may all beings be free from suffering and its causes. Will really the whole world be free from suffering and its causes? Have you ever asked yourself that such a question? I mean, people ask me, especially in Africa, they say, well, for us we are suffering a lot. This compassion, may all beings be free from suffering. No, suffering is not going to stop. Well, <laughs> uh, we have so many people have come, the Buddhas, the, all rishis and great sages and Jesus and all these teachers came. They didn't really uh, eradicate all the suffering, but they tried to do their best. So for me, when I send my compassion, it's, I remind myself it's an intention. It's an intention, and it belongs to what we call right thought in the Noble Eightfold Path. It's an intention. It's really not forcing it, really, but you incline your mind towards um, uh, that heart of non-harming. And I have an acronym for this. I like acronyms. RAID. <laughs> RAID is an acronym I have for sending compassion. We still have red somewhere, we're going to come to it, but this one. <laughs> red, R stands to really know, to recognize really suffering that everybody is suffering in the world. It's not me only who's suffering, but the rest of the world is suffering. Frogs are suffering, everywhere is suffering, you know. For me, knowing that suffering is universal helps me a lot. It's not me who's suffering now that the rest of the people are really suffering. Even those who seem to inflict suffering on others, for me, really, this is how I practice. Anybody who inflicts suffering on, towards others, 
I the first thing I really come to my to terms to, I say this person must be really suffering a lot. <laughs> if somebody really really causing suffering to anybody, must that person must be suffering a lot. Because I've seen from my experience, people who are happy, I'm telling you, they just bring bring happiness, you know. So that means somebody to harm anybody must be going through a lot of suffering. So that recognition that suffering is universal is very, very important to practice metta. And it becomes very clear uh, during, oh, you remind me that this is not Dhamma talk. I can forget easily, please. <laughs> I'll switch the mode very soon, okay? <laughs> okay, but we need to read, to not read the thing, you know? Okay. So there is a, a person during the time of the Buddha is called uh, Kisa Gotami. Kisa Gotami lost his uh, her son, lovely son. You can understand the Indian background, losing a son. I mean, everywhere anyway, but <laughs> in India context, it was a different horrible game, you know. So now, uh, once the son died, she cried. And she said, I want to seek the advice of the wise people. So they say there's one wise person called the Buddha. She went, said, my baby has just died. Can you bring this baby to life? Oh, the Buddha was full of humor, by the way. Yeah, he was full of humor. And I had therapeutic approaches, you know, all the teachings with therapeutic approach. Then he said, oh... Can you go in a home and give me a master seed where there has not been any death? And then she started moving around. Oh, can I have a master seed? If if no death has happened to your to your families and all these things. Oh no, no, I've just had the death, you know. So she failed and went to the Buddha. I can't get a master seed. Master mustard seed. So then the Buddha In fact by the time she, she came she realized that uh, death is universal. So R is recognition that suffering is universal. A stands for acceptance. Why is acceptance, not denial? Denial, because most of the time people live in denial. I remember I was at Bhavana Society in West Virginia. Somebody came and I gave a talk on the Four Noble Truth. I remember she was from Korea. She told me next day, no, 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 no. There is no suffering in the world. Look at the happiness everywhere. I said, are you, are you sure? He said, yes, there is no suffering in the world. I said, take a breath now. Hold on to it. Don't breathe out. And then she said, yes, you are right. There's suffering. <laughs> <laughs> We've been breathing for such a long time, we keep on navigating around the breath, we think it's fun. There's tension, tightness, and all these things, and anxiety in just every breath, you know. So A stands for? Uh, acceptance, non-denial. I stands for inclining your mind towards non-harming. That's what the Buddha actually said, that wherever you incline your mind, that's what you become. So you incline the mind towards compassion. And then this stands for develop. Developing, uh, loving kind, I mean compassion, through thoughts, speech, and action. Because that will answer your question that just sitting here, it, uh, may all beings be well up and peaceful, no, thoughts are not enough. We have to translate it into speech and in our actions should be imbued with compassion. That's enough for now. Okay, let us sit comfortably. And I guide you through this. That was a preamble, not a Dhamma talk. A Dhamma, eh? a little Dhamma. A little dose of Dhamma is okay, I think. Okay, let us sit comfortably, feel at ease, let go of the past and the future. All kinds of meditation always start with relaxation. We need to relax. Uh, relaxation means physically and mentally. Physically we can run through the body and see where there's a tension and then let go of that tension. We can even take a few slow deep breaths to oxygenate the blood. Let it go of the past and future. 
Let me just be here. Breathing in here now, breathing out, let it go of the past and future. This is an invitation to really be in now, in this eternal nowness, right here now. Then we are going to start cultivating compassion. You can start with yourself or you can start with someone you know that may be going through pain or suffering. Look at this suffering as a universal phenomena, not only for a few people, but for all beings. That's a common denominator, even insects. You block an insect, it doesn't want to suffer, it goes away. So this is the common denominator, that realization that all beings don't want to suffer, they want happiness. And I'm going to suggest one phrase that you can use, but you can use any phrase that you want. For me, there are two phrases that I can use. Let's say I start with myself. May I be free from suffering. But you can use any other phrase. May I be free from pain. May I be free from grief. Whatever pain that you're having, it might be sorrow, lamentation, grief, despair, pain. You choose any phrase that speaks to you. For me, suffering is enough. May I be free from suffering. The second set of phrases I use is a little bit more than that. May I be free from suffering and its causes. Causes of suffering is greed, hatred, delusion. That's internal causes. But also there's external causes like oppression. virus, many other causes of suffering. <coughs> so whichever phrase you use, see if you can connect to that phrase deeply. And that's what I meant by inclining your mind. It's not, for, it's not forcing your mind, but it's really inclining your mind towards freedom from suffering, towards compassion. It's an intention. It's part of right thought, thought of non-cruelty. Non In right thought, there's thoughts of uh, non-greed, non-hatred, and non-cruelty. Another fancy way of saying that is compassion. You need to pace yourself as you repeat these phrases because you need practice them with mindfulness. As you repeat this phrase, there must be mindfulness. Because if there is no mindfulness, then either you are going to get what they call self-pity, that's the near enemy of compassion, or cruelty, where whereby really defeats the whole purpose of practicing compassion because it's the opposite. So mindfulness is very, very important. Another thing that is very important is wisdom and understanding. So practice compassion with wisdom, with mindfulness. Because suffering is part of the first noble truth and the task for the first noble truth is to understand. Understand suffering. And another word for understanding is wisdom. So let each phrase that comes out of you come out of you from 
a place of wisdom and understanding. May I be free from suffering, not only for today, but the rest of your life. May I be free from suffering and its causes. May I be free from pain or sorrow or grief or sadness. Suffering comes in different forms, different fashions. So it's good to pinpoint what form of suffering that you're experiencing other than maybe a generic term, suffering. You can really pinpoint to the, what kind of suffering is arising in this experience. Is it, is it really grief? Is it despair? Lamentation? And if you don't experience on any specific kind of suffering, you can use a generic term which is suffering, which is universal. There is even suffering in, in pleasant experiences, neutral experiences, live alone unpleasant experiences. The true nature of our existence seems to be stamped with this kind of unreliability and satisfactoriness. Even when we are enjoying something, underlying the undercurrents of this experience, there's some form of suffering, disharmony, discomfort. The very fact that everything is going to change away. This is not to make us gloomy that everything is suffering. There's some parts of our life where there's joy. Where the Buddha say yes, there's gratification in life. But there's also suffering. In fact, the idea of understanding suffering it can bring joy that there's a way out of it. The Buddha say that there are two kinds of people when they are faced with suffering. One who get confused and get kind of locked in suffering and one who sees the way. Freedom. So as you're practicing, you develop compassion. This is the way out of suffering. May I be free from suffering. May I be free from pain. May I be free from grief, sadness. May I be free from suffering and its causes. May I be free from grief and its causes. Some of the suffering or grief 
you can see the cause. The Buddha say, grief is caused by craving. Whatever the cause might be, see if you can wish yourself to be free from suffering and its causes. If it's difficult to start with yourself, you can bring in a friend who is going through suffering. Friend or relative or a benefactor. If you can recognize the universal nature of suffering, Wise acceptance without denial. And use the same phrase after inclining your mind towards compassion. Use find a phrase that resonates with you and send it to your friend, benefactor. May you be free from suffering. Sometimes I like to use one phrase only and just repeat the same phrase again and again. May you be free from suffering and its causes. That's my favorite phrase. For the sake of inclusion, you can even send compassion to all beings, including frogs. Probably next, another session on compassion. Guided meditation, you might go through another category, but I think this is for, for now, this is fine. So you want to go through these two levels or three levels, one mentally repeating these phrases. That's the first level. Second level is really uh, feeling compassion. Really, you, you really feel that it is compassion, not just faking it, but feeling compassion towards all these categories of beings, to yourself, to your friend, Benefactor, also. And then, what mind states that comes up as you say these phrases? Do you feel the mind calm, settled, or agitated with the suffering of beings? It would be very interesting to check in from sensations that arises as you develop this practice and the emotion that comes up is there self-pity where you collapse into other people's suffering or is there release and ease where you feel compassion the rest of the time please use it uh, that way, leaving the breath in the background and focus on the phrases. This is a very, very powerful practice that can help you to let go of cruelty, aversion, 
towards people, towards things.
having seen that all beings, like oneself, experience suffering, one methodically develops compassion for all beings. Thank you very much for your practice. I wanted to leave some 15 minutes for questions and uh, refining a few things uh, that probably I didn't want to talk in the beginning because we needed to practice first. Uh, one of them is acceptance about suffering. Uh, I, I, I want to qualify that word to acceptance wisely, accepting wisely, because when we say acceptance, it seems to be like being, being submissive, you know, oh yeah, suffering, you accept, no. I want to qualify it, accept wisely, with wisdom, you accept, right? Because there's that, for me the word accept means it's a little bit passive, you know. Oh yeah, there's suffering, accept, come on, accept. Somebody insults you, oh, accept, you know, no, no. There is some kind of uh, um, understanding that through understanding, I'm going to recognize, okay, this is acceptable and this is not acceptable. And there's a, time, there's a place to really actually act, you know, proactive. This teaching is proactive. There's a time where you have to speak uh, when it hurts most and you really have to speak other than just accepting, accepting, accepting. So why is it accepting? Bring in some kind of discernment to see uh, that, okay, I'm going to do this. Another thing that I need to mention is that the word karuna, though we translate it as compassion, but that word doesn't do justice to the Pali word karuna, unfortunately. Of course, every tradition has the word compassion, Every tradition uses the word compassion. But the compassion they use there, and the compassion here we use in, in the teaching here, is different. How is it different? You first ask yourself, where did the Buddha talk about compassion? It's the Noble Eightfold Path. So once we, find, we track it in the Noble Eightfold Path, then we find out the distinction from other teaching on compassion. There's one distinction I can give you right now, is that compassion is a basis and support for the practice of ethical conduct. Uh, karuna, I want to use the word karuna instead of even of compassion. Karuna is the basis and support for the practice of, co of concentration because through the practice of compassion, we can even gain concentration. Thirdly, uh, the third point is that karuna is a basis and support. The operative word there is a basis and support for the practice of uh, wisdom. Because with compassion, we can practice wisdom and gain uh, 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 profound wisdom, right? So these are the things that are... Somebody asks you, you know, for me, uh, I'm challenged a lot in Uganda. People t tell me, okay, please, you're a monk, Buddhist monk? I say yes. They tell me I'm a Christian. Please, this is, what, that's how, this is how they challenge me. If you teach me anything specific in Buddhism that we don't find in Christianity, I'm going to be a Buddhist. I'm going to convert. Then I start. Compassion. They say, ah, oh, no, no. Also, we have compassion. Then I start this. They say, oh, also, we have that one. So they really pin me down <laughs> to really find out what can I offer something different. And I have to think hard, you know. Yes, the compassion you're talking about is different from the compassion we are talking about. For us, karuna means there is a basis and support for the practice of ethical conduct, for the practice of concentration, for the practice of wisdom. You can't find that one anywhere in those teachings. So that's what I wanted to offer to you then. Questions? Please.
just having compassion of, of, of being unable to fix things. So you can have compassion towards yourself. <laughs> have compassion towards yourself for being unable to fix things, you know? So I know, uh, I think somebody talks about fixing, fixing things. Uh, fixing things come from a control mind. We need to fix things. So uh, how about uh, looking at uh, um, the causes and conditions? Because uh, we may not fix things because we may not be aware of the causes and conditions. And even when we know causes and conditions, uh, we may not fix things because there are so many layers of causes and conditions, causes and conditions. When you go to this cause and condition, you find another cause and condition for this. There's no end. So for me, the practice there is to have equanimity. We, another practice is coming uh, very soon about equanimity. Somebody's going to talk about it. Because equanimity is a practice where you find out you can't fix things. <laughs> but you can have an equanimous mind. In fact, in many ways, we practice meta-loving kindness. We wish people to be happy, but they don't, they, they don't become happy. We wish them to be free from suffering. Suffering seems even to increase. Then you wish them to be successful in Mudita, which is the third Brahma Viharas. They are not really successful. Then what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> With our best intention, what we do is to try to Reflect on, I can care for you, but I cannot stop you from pain. I can care for you, but I cannot fix your pain. <laughs> you see? And that is, brings the, the quality of what called another teaching, which is called karma, that you are the owner of your karma, born of your karma, supported by your karma. Whatever good or bad, uh, unskillful you do, whatever skillful or unskillful you do, you are going to get the results. I can help you, but I cannot stop you from suffering. I cannot stop you from pain. I don't know whether that helps or not. Does it help? Can you repeat the question again to revisit it? Yeah, but uh, actually, once you um, uh, once you have equanimity, then uh, that will help you. Then uh, you go back. Once you have equanimity, then you go back to compassion. Mm. Okay, another question. The equanimity, that's the answer with the equanimity. <laughs> with mindfulness. Remember, I told you that uh, uh, we, if you practice compassion without mindfulness and wisdom, you get, you collapse into the suffering of others. You remember doing my guided meditation? I say that if you don't have enough mindfulness to contain uh, this practice, then you either follow either enemy, what you call self pity or cruelty. So, either way, it's defeating the purpose. So you can really practice mindfulness with equanimity again. I mean, with the, uh, you, you, the practice, you, you continue with having mindfulness and watch areas where you are getting caught up in that kind of pity or feeling uh, colla you're collapsing into the suffering of others. And then uh, if that doesn't work, bring, bring in some wisdom, equanimity. I, th I hope that works. And if it's overwhelming, this practice is not forcing yourself I should be the most compassionate person in the world, deeply compassionate. No. You can't just switch on to other practices. You can back off. There are so many practices. You can just send yourself meta. You can even come back to mindfulness and forget about the instructions, about these uh, compassions, until you open slowly by slowly. Mm -hmm. So we're building... This instruction we build on to see what can help you and what doesn't help you. 
but you don't force yourself. But what you will find out that through the practice, slowly by slowly, always incline your mind to non-harming and to be compassionate, you, your heart opens slowly by slowly. And that's the beauty of this practice, especially the mindfulness with other practices, is that mindfulness brings you to that age where you can open softly, not erratically, erratic, you know. And all of a, all of a sudden you're overwhelmed. No way. With this practice is gradual. When you see that it's overwhelming, you can use other teaching and come back later on when you are more recharged. One more question. activists, compassion fatigue. Have you heard about it? Yes. You need to wisdom. A little bit of a dose of wisdom, not to have compassion fatigue. So, many years ago I read a caption which said that compassion is wisdom in action and wisdom is compassion at rest. And I love very much that. Compassion is wisdom in action, and wisdom is compassion in, uh, at rest. So that means we should, com um, we should balance compassion and wisdom. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah, it's correct. There's a, a school of Buddhism is called Tibetan Buddhism, and this practice is called Tonglin, where you you breathe you you breathe in the suffering of others, uh, and then uh, like you you take on the suffering of others. My teacher, whom is I just I, is such a wonderful teacher, he ordained when he was 12 years. He's called Bhante Gunaratana, now he's 93 years. When he was about 80-something, mm, somebody asked him a question. What about Tongolin practice, about taking on suffering of others? He said, I have enough suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that practice doesn't work well for him. So basically for me, I follow the same thing. Uh, it's, it's a skillful means probably, but I think uh, for me, uh, I just feel that uh, what I do, I breathe in the happiness and spread out happiness. I don't do the reverse, bring in the suffering of all beings, including frogs, and then give the happiness. No, I don't bring any of those things. However, I do everything to alleviate suffering of others. By myself transforming, I feel that I'm alleviating suffering of others. But this practice, actually that's how I started my practice. I went to Dalamsala in India. I lived in India for five years. I went to see Zones the Dalama, got inspired. I met him. I went to Tibet. That was my practice also, taking on the suffering of others. And I did that, and I said, I'm going to breathe in all the suffering of people in Africa and everywhere. I'm telling you, I did that. When I saw Meta, wow, it's better with Meta. <laughs> so, yeah, then from Meta, I go with compassion. It just works out. It's just different way of looking at things, you know. But I'm not going to do that like my teacher. I'm not going to bring on the suffering of frogs and blade of grass and all that things. No, I have enough also. So I'm going to practice compassion. Yes, you're right. Okay, one more thing I want to tell you is that uh, 
for practical purposes, this practice of compassion is like, uh, for instance, uh, the, it's given in the suttas, like if let's say somebody is annoying, you can divide this person into three. Physical behaviors, verbal behaviors, and mental behaviors. And you really find out exactly what are you annoyed with. Is it their physical behavior? Is the, the verbal behavior, mental behavior? Should you find that you're annoyed with all the three? <laughs> Which could be the case, probably. <laughs> all the three checklist, you know? Physical, no good. Verbal, no good. Mental, no good. The Buddha said, this is a really treat this person like a sick person. And he said that, what do you do for sick people? You give them medicine. You don't kick them around, do you? When somebody's a bit sick, do you, what do you do? You try to find medicine for them. And the Buddha treated this teaching of compassion as medicine. This is medicine. So if you do that, uh, you practice the, uh, compassion, you are healing yourself and also you are healing others. Maybe you're going to wait for science to, do, to prove to you that when you really sit down. <laughs> Actually, it has already proved that. One thought here like this, it really heals. They have done an experiment in Washington, D.C., whereby 100 meditators sat down and did what called TM, Transmental Meditation. This movie, I think, is called uh, What the Bleep, you know, uh, documentary. 100 meditators meditated in Washington, D.C., and crime rate reduced from 50% to 25%. It works. And it's, it's you to discover this. You might be sitting here, oh, may I be widowed up and peaceful, may I suffering, oh, these beings are not going to be overcoming suffering with all corona and all these things, political dukkha, this dukkha and this dukkha, no, it's too much in the world, no. I'm not going to do this practice. <laughs> it's not going to work. No, it works. It works. Science has proved already. Quantum physics. Okay, since it works, time is up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, did you have a question? Sorry about that. Uh, so, okay, you bow up. Oh, may I be free from suffering and its causes? Yes. May I be free? from suffering and its causes. May I be free from pain and its causes. Okay, uh, there's only one second. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. You mentioned yesterday or the day before about concentration meditation. Mm. Is it the same as one of the four Brahma Vihanas or is it something that can be applied to them all or is it very different? No, you can apply concentration everywhere. It's not part of Brahma Viharas, but that's a product of Brahma Viharas because when you practice Brahma Viharas, concentration comes because the mind is not disturbed. Anyway, thank you very much for your questions. Uh, may you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.